Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. number 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. I want to thank Richie V, Mr. Call Screener, for standing in yesterday. I had every intention of being here behind the microphone, but United Airlines had a different view. I needed to go down to Florida. A family member had taken ill, and um, I set my uh, flight quickly uh, to go on uh, JetBlue. About 90 minutes after I locked in the flight, JetBlue canceled and then put me on another flight the following day. But I didn't want to go on another flight the following day, so it took some time to undo that. Then I went online and I locked in a flight from American Airlines Uh, A couple hours later, they canceled their flight, but they put me on another flight two days away. Well, that wasn't going to work, so my poor wife had to spend God knows how much time to put an end to that. Meanwhile, I went ahead and booked a flight from another airport with United. That worked. Then I got down to Florida. Stayed a little longer. I think you may have seen uh, Life, Liberty, and Levin, where I interviewed the great governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis. So it was time to come back yesterday. And the only one of two flights, because my car was at a particular airport, one was 6 in the morning, and I couldn't get an Uber at 4 in the morning to get me to the airport at 6 in the morning. So it was, I believe it was the one thirty or 2 o'clock flight that would get me to the airport near my home at about 4.20 or 4.30. But they delayed it at least five times for two and a half hours. And so I had to call and uh, make the point that I wouldn't be on the air. The entire industry is in a state of disaster. 
with the cancellations, with the enormous amount of work it takes to get refunds or to, or to change the flights around and so forth and so on. And of course, there's a number of reasons for it. One is this mandate where if people aren't vaccinated, they're fired or they're suspended. Two is some people are actually getting sick. And three is, of course, uh, just typical uh, incompetence. But whatever it is, that's the state of play. I'm here tonight, and I'm fired up. My teeth are sharpened. I'm ready to roll. There's a lot to get to here because there's a lot of tyranny going on. There's a lot of efforts to change your country. And then there's a lot of lying to cover it up or to refocus it, to create a narrative like this voting issue, which we're definitely going to jump into. But before we do, I want to remind you back in October... 2021, October 5, 2021, when it was first learned that the National Scoreboard Association sent a letter to the Department of Justice, the FBI, and a host of other federal agencies seeking the power of the federal Leviathan, federal law enforcement, to squelch parents and taxpaying citizens from protesting school boards, intimidating them. I want to remind you of what I said, and I want you to think about this because we had the Deputy Attorney General of the United States testifying under oath, who rope-a-doped, effectively by not presenting all the information she should have to a committee of Congress, in my view, she lied, and she should be prosecuted. In fact, the cabal that was involved in covering up their involvement is extensive, from the White House to the Department of Justice to the Department of Education, the National School Boards Association, and beyond. And beyond. But if somebody had worked at the Department of Justice at the highest level, if somebody worked at the White House, I knew, I knew that the way this memo went out so fast at the Department of Justice, after the letter from the National School Boards Association, this was an inside job. Here I was, October 5, 2021. Cut one, go. Local police officers and school board security officers are in charge of keeping the peace in township and community school board meetings. Not the Federal Bureau of Investigation, not the Criminal Division of the Justice Department, not the Civil Rights Division, not the U.S. Attorney's Office, and on and on and on let alone the National Security Division. They have decided, ladies and gentlemen, that those of you who protest are domestic terrorists. The letter from the National School Board Association, in my view, was an inside job. They wrote this letter to the President of the United States, Joe Biden, on September 29, and five days later, including the weekend, We get a memo from the Attorney General of the United States, dated yesterday, to the Director of the FBI, the Director of the Executive Office of U.S. Attorneys, the Assistant Attorney General Criminal Division. And I went on to explain that's not possible. That a letter comes into the White House, it goes through a process, a fairly bureaucratic process, unless it has a coding on it to go directly to the President or some aid to the President. And it bangs around in there for a few days, and then they, they shoot it off to a relevant department or so forth. 
that it was impossible for it to happen in three business days, five days, including the weekend, simply was not possible. Well, information began to come out that, in fact, White House staff had worked with Department of Justice staff and the Department of Education. And now we know more. Now we know more, as Fox News reports, Education Secretary Miguel Cardona solicited the much-criticized letter from the National School Boards Association, compared protesting parents to domestic terrorists, according to an email exchange reviewed by Fox News. Now, the email exchange indicates Cardona was more involved with the letter's creation than previously known. So this is a man who's also a liar by omission. President Biden's Department of Justice relied on that letter, which suggested using the Patriot Act against parents and creating its own memo, directing the FBI to mobilize in support of local education officials. In the October 5 email, National School Board Association Secretary Treasurer Christy Sweat recounted that National School Board Association Interim CEO Chip Slavin told the officers he was writing a letter to provide information to the White House from a request by Secretary Cardona. Previous emails had revealed that the National School Board Association was in contact with the White House and Justice Department in the weeks before it publicly sent the letter. The emails were obtained by the parents' group, Parents Defending Education, in a Freedom of Information Act request. Now, by the way, in the last chapter of American Marxism, you'll note that I express as aggressively as I can the use of the Freedom of Information Act at the federal level, state level, and the school districts to gather information as much as possible. There have been 500 FOIA requests filed in Loudoun County School District alone. They're trying to push back by charging people tens of thousands of dollars. That needs to be challenged, and the new Attorney General, when he comes in, needs to overrule them. But this is very, very effective. Same with using IRS information. You have a right to the tax returns of such nonprofit groups as the National Education Association. And by the way, Media Matters and other organizations. But this was always an inside job. I knew it was an inside job. And more and more it comes out that the Biden administration at the highest levels wanted to shut down parents because they're in bed with the teachers union, the same teachers union that has shut down schools involving hundreds of thousands of school children. The emails were obtained by the parents group, Parents Defending Education in a FOIA. Should this allegation be true, it would reveal that this administration's pretextual war on parents came from the highest levels, said Nicole Neely. Uh, she told Fox News Digital of Parents Defending Education. Attorney General Merrick Garland unequivocally stated that he based his memo on the National School Board Association's letter, which in turn mobilized the FBI and U.S. Attorney, she added. If Secretary Cardona was truly involved in this ugly episode, it's a significant breach of public trust and he should be held accountable. Yes should be fired, but his ass won't be fired. You remember, he hired the woman who signed that letter. Remember that, Mr. Producer? Yeah, Mark has a memory like an elephant, but a body like a gazelle now. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, it's true. He hired the woman who wrote the letter. So, again, if this is true, as the left likes to say, the very people he and his department conspired with. He hired her, the one who signed the letter. 
Everybody who testified on this memo lied or should have known what had taken place. Why? Because when you're going to testify before Congress under oath, under penalty of perjury, you have a duty, particularly when you know this issue is going to be raised, to get the facts, to find out what's taking place. The Attorney General of the United States should have known what took place. Department of Education spokesperson denied that Cardona solicited the letter, despite the email indicating he did. While the Secretary did not solicit a letter from NSBA to understand the views and concerns of stakeholders, the Department routinely engages with students, teachers, parents. All right, so you get the BS language now. He was the Connecticut Education Secretary. He supported teachers becoming more woke, promoted resources on microaggressions. The National School Board Association didn't immediately provide comment. Meanwhile, to underscore what's been taking place here, that same Department of Justice that lied to you and me, that same Department of Justice that is utterly politicized when it comes to Republican legislatures in voting, when it comes to the issue of, of abortion in Texas, when it comes to congressional gerrymandering and all the rest, they're creating a unit focused on domestic terrorism. The Associated Depressed, the Department of Justice is establishing a specialized unit focused on domestic terrorism. The department's top national security official told lawmakers today, as he described an elevated threat from violent extremists in the United States. Assistant Attorney General Matthew Olson, testifying just days after the nation, observed the one-year anniversary of the insurrection at the Capitol, writes AP, said the number of FBI investigations into suspected domestic violent extremists has more than doubled since the spring of 2020. The number of domestic terrorist investigations has more than doubled since the spring of 2020. Now, is that because there's a greater domestic threat? or a greater threat from the Biden administration. Does that include the hundreds of people prosecuted or held, even without a trial yet, for trespass and parading on government property? What about that, folks? A domestic terrorist unit. Now, I can assure you, if this was done under Donald Trump or Richard Nixon, if this had been done under President Reagan the media would be flipping out more than usual. They'd be appalled. They'd be apoplectic. But they aren't. It's perfectly fine by them. A domestic terrorism unit at the Department of Justice. Hmm. I wonder if they're going to be investigating Black Lives Matter or Antifa or Democrat members of Congress. I wonder. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. My friends, I know you love freedom and want to defend it. And I know you love the Constitution. Well, so do I. And it's the same with Hillsdale College, the best liberal arts college in America. Hillsdale's mission is pursuing truth and defending liberty. It gives its undergraduate and graduate students the best education, and it is working to make this education available to all. But today, I want to tell you about Hillsdale's free monthly speech digest of liberty. 
It's called Imprimus. Over 6 million households and businesses receive Imprimus for free every month. And you can join them by subscribing at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who love freedom make it possible for Hillsdale to send Imprimus to you for free. Imprimus is one of my favorite publications. It's short, smart, useful, and fun. Start receiving your own free copy of this great digest of liberty. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. So who will be held to account in this scandal? The scandal of the war on parents will be held to account. Nobody will be held to account. How about those who testified on Capitol Hill and withheld information or were intentionally ambiguous? That can be perjury, you know. Will the Deputy Attorney General be held to account? No. Will the Attorney General be held to account? No. There won't be any special prosecutor to investigate any of this? Of course. That would be ludicrous. How about the Department of Education's role? Shouldn't the Secretary of Education be examined? We're not going to take his word for it. We actually have contemporaneous evidence. It's called an email. No. Over something so innocent and irrelevant. What are you, a right-winger? A white supremacist? Of course not. We're not going to look at any of that any more than we're going to look at Nancy Pelosi's role, or lack of one, when it came to January 6th and securing the Capitol. Or her husband, the big dummy, and all the stock trades he made. Right before Congress took action on a number of companies and issues. No, we're not going to look at that. We're not going to look at her tax returns. Don't be crazy. Why would we want to see her tax returns? Why would we want to examine what her children have been up to and how they make their money and whether they use any connection? No. Leave the kids alone. Leave the kids alone. Well, until the Republicans wise up, this is a very one-sided game. I saw a little bit of wisdom here with Kevin McCarthy who said he's going to throw a couple of their knuckleheads off their committees because Nancy Pelosi started a precedent for the first time in American history where the majority party in Congress gets to decide which Republicans can stay on committees. Now, of course, this is brand new. And so I hope Kevin McCarthy does exactly that. I mean, why should we have a bigot and an anti-Semite who hates our country like Omar sitting on the Foreign Affairs Committee? Why should we have a, a grotesque pervert and sellout to the communist Chinese like Swalwell? Or, or Schiff, who ought to have his law license yanked, sit on it? My friends, I know you love freedom and want to defend it. And I know you love the Constitution. Well, so do I. And it's the same with Hillsdale College, the best liberal arts college in America. Hillsdale's mission is pursuing truth and defending liberty. It gives its undergraduate and graduate students the best education, and it is working to make this education available to all. But today, I want to tell you about Hillsdale's free monthly speech digest of liberty. It's called Imprimus. Over 6 million households and businesses receive Imprimus for free every month. And you can join them by subscribing at levinforhillsdale.com. 
There are no strings attached. Generous donors who love free to make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for free. And Primus is one of my favorite publications. It's short, smart, useful, and fun. Start receiving your own free copy of this great digest of liberty. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. This is the nation's town hall meeting, and you can join in at 877-381-3811. You know, ladies and gentlemen, if you uh gone to the grocery store lately, a lot of the shelves are empty, uh, much like what's in between uh, Joe Biden's ears. But that said... A friend sent me some pictures of some of the cereal boxes. Some of the cereal boxes. In this case, it appears to be, as best as I can tell, Fruit Loops. And on the side panel, hold on, i got to expand this. It says, too amazing to put into a box. He slash him, she slash her, they slash them. Add your own. Then I'm looking at the back of another cereal box. Boxes are not for gender, style, interests. Love. Boxes are for cereal, not people. It says support LGBTQ plus pride. Kellogg's Together with Pride Cereal is a part of our long-standing contribution to GLAD's media advocacy work supporting youth against bullying and accelerating acceptance for the LGBTQ plus community. Leave boxes for cereal and let people be who they were meant to be. Now, I will go to the grocery store. I will double-check this to make sure I'm right or wrong. Uh, because I really don't trust anything until I see with my own two eyes. Uh, but there seems to be a whole lot more of this going on. Uh, we, I will take a look, as I said, myself. Some of you have probably already seen this. So when you have kids being hit with this, when you're watching just basic stuff, let's say you're watching the Discovery Channel or A&E, a group of cable channels that are owned by certain corporations or or they're getting this propaganda in their classrooms over and over and over again and in the textbooks and they're getting it through social media they're getting it in some cases through churches and synagogues this is this is a complete political ideological movement that is going to succeed if we don't stand up to it, particularly you parents out there. It is going to succeed. Just like the lies about the 2016 election, you know, there's a lot of lies. You know, they talk about there wasn't any fraud that would have made a difference in the election and so forth and so on. Or Some even say there wasn't any fraud at all. You brought lawsuits and so forth, and there there wasn't fraud. And the, the, the proof is that none of the cases were taken up, or none of the cases found anything, and on and on and on. Now, this doesn't even make any sense. Whether voting machines or ballots, we can even put that aside. 
We know for a fact, which is why none of these people will question me or debate me, we know for an absolute fact, and I call on any law school professor, any media clown out there, please challenge me. We know for a fact that Mark Elias led hundreds of lawyers to change voting laws all over this country prior to 2020. We know this for a fact. We know that Zuckerberg poured over $400 million into specifically influencing local boards of elections and nonprofits that were involved in these election processes to try and turn out the Democrat vote. We know this for a fact. Over $400 million. Can you imagine if my dear friend Richard Mellon Scaife were still alive and he did that to turn out Republican votes? I mean, they'd be impaneling a federal grand jury at this point. We know for a fact hundreds of millions of dollars in dark money, that is money that doesn't have to be reported by the donor, poured into this campaign on the Democrat side. And yet, Senator Michael Rounds, Republican of South Dakota, who's prominent for nothing, who has said nothing profound ever, who is unknown to 99.9% of the country and probably 80% of his own state. He goes on to George Stephanopoulos' show. He wants to be noticed. He wants to be known. He goes on ABC's This Week because he knows he'll have a friendly interview. And here's what he says. Cut three, go. You heard Martha Raddatz's piece right there. How do, what do you say? You, you voted to certify uh, the election last year. You condemned the protest as an insurrection. What do you say to all those Republicans, all those veterans who believe the election was stolen, who've bought uh, the falsehoods coming from former President now, Trump? Now, isn't this amazing? This is a question. Why does he have a guest? Why doesn't he move from one chair to the other and ask himself these questions? Or take that mirror he stands, stares into, you know, in the green room, to make sure every hair is in place, and just talk to himself in the mirror. This is, these are set-up questions for guests who are cherry-picked. Have you ever seen this issue debated on any of these Sunday shows? Any of them. Have you ever seen this issue debated? At least the constitutional part of it. Have you ever seen it debated? You never have seen it debated. You will never have George Stephanopoulos put somebody up there to debate how the federal constitution works and how this is the first time in American history that it was broadly violated with change in many of the battleground states, the crucial states, by public officials and public entities that never had the power under the federal constitution to make the changes. This is true. This is an issue that came up in 2000. It's an issue that came up again in Pennsylvania. It's a serious matter because it can happen again. So what does the Republican from South Dakota, Mike Rounds, have to say when he, he says, uh, yes, it was an insurrection, ladies and gentlemen, it was an insurrection on January 6th. Cut three, go. 
we looked, as a part of our due diligence, we looked at over 60 different accusations made in multiple states. While there were hey, some did you ir- look at the allegations made in Pennsylvania? Let's see if we can get Mr. Rounds on the radio show. And I'm, I'm being very serious. I've not called him any names. I've not attacked him personally, have I, Mr. Producer? Let's see if we can get Senator Rounds on the program. I want to ask him some very, very specific questions about what they did and did not look at. And I will focus exclusively on the Constitution. Exclusively on the Constitution. Not ballots, not voting machines. The Constitution. And make that clear to his office, Mr. Producer. Go ahead. There were none of the irregularities which would have risen to the point where they would have changed the vote outcome in a single state. The election was fair, as fair as we've seen. Now, that's Uh, a different statement. From no fraud to the election was fair to as fair as we have seen. Now, that is preposterous. When you have states like California and others, New York, mailing out millions of unsolicited ballots, you have no idea if that was fair or not. None. When you have... One of the wealthiest men on the planet pouring half a billion dollars into the race to push hard in the Democrat and minority areas to turn out the vote. That's not fair. That's not fair. So it's one thing to say from his perspective, we didn't see widespread fraud, but he says it was fair, as fair as we have seen. That's as fair as we have seen? Go ahead. We simply did not win the election as Republicans for the presidency. And moving forward, and that's the way we want to look at this, moving forward, we have to refocus once again on what it's going to take to win the presidency. Well, first of all, you're not running for president. I don't know what you mean by we, but that said, you also need to make sure that these election laws are constitutionally instituted. That's your job. That's the order of things. That's your priority. So we Republicans have to make sure we win the next election. What are you talking about? Of course that has to be done. That, that, that doesn't even need to be said. What does need to be said is, why are you Republicans ducking your responsibility? Every politician in a state and every institution in a state is not equal. They don't have the same power. A state Supreme Court does not have the power to change the election laws. We saw that in 2000 when the Rehnquist Court stood up to a rogue court, the Florida Supreme Court. And yet in Pennsylvania, did exactly that. A governor doesn't have the power through executive decisions, nor does a secretary of state to tell certain counties to keep their votes open and certain counties are not told... That's a violation of the federal constitution. That's why that case wasn't taken up in Pennsylvania. Not because it was without merit, because it was completely merited. And it would have had an impact in a number of states. It was completely merited. Or meritorious. And I would like to talk to Senator Rounds about this. I understand he's been a governor. He's now a senator. He says he looked into this. It was a very, very fair election. I want to talk to him specifically about what he looked at in Pennsylvania. There were two lawsuits brought in Pennsylvania, two constitutional cases. 
I'm quite serious, Rich. I want to know if he doesn't come on, I want them to tell us why. Why a Republican senator from South Dakota will not come on my program. I'm not out to humiliate him. I'm not going to call him name. I want him to come on the program. I want him to use his brain power. I'll use my brain power. And let's see where we wind up. I think the American people, 14 million of you, have a right to know. Because he goes on a Sunday show with George Stephanopoulos, and he makes a pronouncement. It's not only not fraudulent, it was fair. It was fair. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. My friends, I know you love freedom and want to defend it. And I know you love the Constitution. Well, so do I. And it's the same with Hillsdale College, the best liberal arts college in America. Hillsdale's mission is pursuing truth and defending liberty. It gives its undergraduate and graduate students the best education. And it is working to make this education available to all. But today, I want to tell you about Hillsdale's free monthly speech digest of liberty. It's called Imprimus. Over 6 million households and businesses receive Imprimus for free every month. And you can join them by subscribing at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who love free to make it possible for Hillsdale to send Imprimus to you for free. Imprimus is one of my favorite publications. It's short, smart, useful, and fun. Start receiving your own free copy of this great digest of liberty. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Has a lot of Libby's who uh, shop there. A lot of people, but a lot of Libby's. The general counsel for the National Labor Relations Board, which is a radicalized Democrat Party union-owned board, is demanding, demanding that Whole Foods, a private company, not only allow, but broadly support the wearing of Black Lives Matter masks on the job. And uh, appear to be taking up that cause on behalf of those who work at Whole Foods and support Black Lives Matter. Whole Foods has a broad policy against politics in the workplace. And that would include in their stores. The focus is to be on the Whole Foods mission. Imagine that, ladies and gentlemen. Now, Whole Foods isn't the only corporation that does such things. Unfortunately, there aren't enough, but it isn't the only. And the case law strongly supports Whole Foods. In fact, I don't have any case that doesn't. But that doesn't matter, you see, ladies and gentlemen, because we live in an increasingly world of tyranny. Left-wing tyranny, backed up by the Department of Justice, the FBI, the Feds, National Labor Relations Board... They've worked very hard and long, have the American Marxists, taking over the Democrat Party and the bureaucracy, running big tech, and they seek to impose their will. Free speech is not allowed, only the speech that they compel. Right? If somebody were running around with a mask that said KKK, I think we'd all agree that that's abhorrent. 
But if you're running around with a Black Lives Matter mask, even though the group is Marxist, even though the group is anti-Semitic, even though the group hates our country, wants to overthrow it, even though it's very racist, well, there's something wrong with you. What are you, drawing an equivalency? I mean, the NBA and the NFL and ESPN and and corporate America and the Democrat Party and mayors around the country support the group. Oh, okay, that changes everything then. Now, it's not a First Amendment issue because Whole Foods isn't the government. It's a private company. And if you don't like it, take your ass out of there and go work somewhere else. Maybe you qualify for a 7-Eleven or a Wawa. I don't know. But you don't get to run the company just because you're a punk. You don't get to run the company. That's number one. The, the First Amendment violation would come if, in fact, the National Labor Relations Board, which is the government, imposes speech on this company, on this business. Next thing you know, they'll force them to bake cakes, Mr. Producer. But you never know. So this, this company, this store, wants nothing to do with politics, wants nothing to do with any of this. But it's punk employees, not all of them, just a handful of them. They don't like it. And some of their customers, eh, I'm not going to shop there anymore. Don't shop there anymore. What are you going to eat? Like most of these liberals know how to produce food. They don't know how to produce food. They don't know how to produce carbon dioxide. That's all. Methane, that's what they produce. They don't produce anything else. So they indoctrinate our children in the schools, and now they want to ensure that even if you shop at Whole Foods, you cannot escape this. You can't escape it when you're watching sports, when you're watching the news, when your kids go to school. We'll be damned if you can escape it when you're buying kumquats at Whole Foods. No. You shall comply! He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number... 3811 Hello, 877-381-3811. Is there a voting crisis in this country? It's never been easier to vote. More people are voting than ever before. The Democrats create a false or alternative reality, which is an unreality. And they only do this for power to advance their cause. We've been talking about this now for several years and I want to congratulate the backbenchers you know Rush used to talk about an echo chamber I talk about the backbenchers pretty much the same thing are now regurgitating this the federalization of the election we've gone through this in great great detail several times now they're very concerned they say that the Republicans are are preventing people from voting who exactly is prevented from voting? What law in what state 
is from pre- preventing people from voting who have a right to vote, you know, like citizens. What law are they talking about? You know, it really is time they get specific. Well, I look at the Georgia law. Okay, I looked at it. What's the problem? What's the problem? There are no problems. The problems are in states like New York and California, where they mail out ballots to people who don't even live there anymore, to people who don't even live anywhere anymore. Many of them are gone, sadly. Or to allow people to play uh, games. My wife calls it shenanigans. And it's true. It's true. So they create these lies. This is not 1965. There are no German shepherds and water hoses and sheriffs in the street rounding people up. None of that's going on. There are no poll taxes or literacy tests. People are treated at equals. That's the deal, right? Now, if you want to vote absentee, whether you're white or black or green or yellow, it doesn't really matter. You've got to follow the rules in some states. The rules apply to everyone exactly the same way. Exactly the same way. Now, if you have a voter ID law in your state, and you should, it's easier to vote with your voter ID than it is to get on an airplane or get through security. To get into the White House, to get into any federal building. I mean, they want you to have a vaccine passport in a lot of these Democrat-run cities, right? Can't get to a restaurant, your kids can't go to school, you're going to lose your job. But if you want a voter ID, ah, that's too hard. Hey, what are you, racist? You might be a white supremacist, too. I, I don't know. You can't trust the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party puts its own power ahead of the country, ahead of your well-being, ahead of your family, ahead of your income, ahead of your safety. And you can see what they've done in these cities, and you can see what they're doing nationally. I'm not projecting anything. I'm, I'm telling you, look at it. Look at what they're doing. So Biden goes down to Atlanta today. And Stacey Abrams, who, by the way, still has not conceded her defeat. Isn't that amazing? As Stacey, you lost. And uh, she doesn't want to be seen with Biden. You want to know why? He's in the 30% range in terms of popularity down there. She's no fool. Well, she may be a fool, but she can count. So she's saying, I want nothing to do with him. Nothing. So Joe Biden goes there screaming at the top of his lungs. Like he's a nut. Because he is a nut. Cut 30, go. Jim Crow 2.0 is about two insidious things. Voter suppression and election subversion. He would know about all these things since he was a buddy with the uh, segregationists when he first came to the Senate, as you may know. He was very opposed to integration in the cities. He talked about a jungle and not wanting to send his kids there. None of his words are ever used against him by George Stephanopoulos or Chuck Todd 
or the other miscreants, malcontents, and reprobates who dress up as uh, journalists these days. Go ahead. Gets to vote. It's about making it harder to vote. It's about who gets to count the vote. Oh, it's so hard to vote, isn't it, Mr. Producer? Get off your ass and go to the pre. I don't want, oh, it's too hard. How are we ever going to win a world war again if we have one? It's too hard to vote? Are you kidding me? It's never been easier. No, it's too hard. It's too hard. Go ahead. Whether your vote counts at all. It's not hyperbole. This is a fact. Look, this matters. Wait a minute. Can we back that up about 10 seconds, Mr. Producer? Are we able to do that? I want people to hear this, then start all over, because he just said something that's very, very interesting. Go ahead. Jim Crow 2.0 is about two insidious things. Voter suppression and election subversion. It's no longer about who gets to vote. It's about making it harder to vote. It's about who gets to count the vote and whether your vote counts at all. It's not hyperbole. This is a fact. Look, this matters to all of us. The goal of the former president and his allies is to disenfranchise... It's very interesting, isn't it, ladies and gentlemen? He's talking about ongoing voting suppression and who gets to count the vote while he's attacking Donald Trump, who's talking about corrupt and fraudulent means against the election. How come Michael Rounds isn't out and asked about what Biden just said, right, Rich? Biden is trashing the voting system. Biden is trashing the voting system while defending his own election. How come he's not banned from Twitter? How come he's not banned from Facebook? How come he's not banned from from being talked about on broadcast company platforms? How come he's not ridiculed? The man is trashing our voting system. He says there's suppression. And it depends who counts the vote. Well, then that means the voting system is corrupt. And yet he wins and he attacks the former president by saying he won't accept that he lost. Well, wait a minute. The mental midgets out there, Biden saying the system's corrupt. But I won, and don't question it. Mike Rounds, the senator's out there. Well, wait, we're trying to get him. We'll wait for Mike Rounds. Go ahead. Anyone who votes against them, simple as that. The facts won't matter. Wait a minute, what did you just say? Who's being suppressed from voting? Oh, Biden supporters, and only Biden supporters and only Democrats are being suppressed. Really? Where exactly? Nowhere exactly. Just listen to this incoherence that was written for him, that he's burping out. Go ahead. They'll just decide what they want and then do it. That's the kind of power you see in totalitarian states. Well, you would know, you puke. I mean, uh, Mr. President. Oh, yeah. Defying court orders, sicking the FBI on parents. Wide open borders in violation of our immigration statutes. Bankrupting the nation. Attacking our capitalist system. Trying to insist that people should be fired if they don't get your vaccine. I got it. I got it. You would know, you jerk. 
Go ahead. Not in democracies. We must be vigilant. And the world is watching. The world is not watching. If anything, they're laughing. They're laughing at you. They're laughing at us because you're in there. They're plotting against the world is laughing. The world's watching to make sure. The world's not watching. They know you're a schmuck. Go ahead. The world leaders, the good and the bad ones, adversaries and allies alike, they're watching American democracy and seeing whether we can meet this moment. And that's not hyperbole. No, that's not hyperbole. It's amazing. One side of his mouth, he trashes the system. The other side of his mouth, he says, look, I'm elected, uh, you know, fair and square. System is corrupt. There's suppression. It matters who counts the vote. But I won fair and square. And then Mike Rounds, a Republican, is out there. Excuse me, Republican is out there. Yes, yeah, so we looked at this very, very carefully, and uh, everything was uh, copacetic. Not only no fraud, it was actually fair. One of the fairest elections that ever occurred. Oh, thanks. Mike Rounds. Cut 31, go. Today, I'm making it clear, to protect our democracy, I support changing the Senate rules. Whichever way they need to be changed to prevent... Oh, you're such a schmuck. Oh, wait a minute. Joe Biden should change the rules for his re-election to make sure he gets re Change rules. That's not corrupt. No. Change the rules so only Democrats can win. Perfect. Wonderful. That's right. Take all the security measures out. Why would you eliminate voter identification? To promote corruption. Why would you do almost everything else that's in this bill to promote corruption? Why do the media censor this bill and cover up what's in it? Stephanopoulos, how come you don't have a chart on your screen on Sunday going through what's in this bill? Chuck, Chuckles. Todd Schmuck, Tuck, whatever. Why don't you have a list of what's in this bill on a graph so your dense audience can see exactly what's going on? Because you know what's in here, and you don't want them to know, do you? No. How about at the pubic broadcasting system? Same thing. Same thing. How about national pubic radio? Same thing. They don't want people to know. How come the New York Slimes doesn't have this on the front page what the Democrats have in their bill? Or the Washington Compost? How come? Did you see I was mentioning the Washington Compost, Mr. Producer? Here I am minding my own business in the email stuff. Oh, you're mentioning Oh, wow. I'm so worried. I'll get to them later. Go ahead. A minority of senators from blocking action on voting rights. <coughs> when it comes to protecting majority rule in America... Excuse me, ma- excuse me, excuse me. It's a republic. They're worried about majority rule, ladies and gentlemen. Do the majority want the borders open? No. Do the majority support this, this, uh, this, this, this crazy spending that's creating inflation? No, they don't. This isn't a parliament, this isn't a democracy, it's a republic. In some respects, majority rule matters, in some respects it doesn't. As an example, as I've said before, the Bill of Rights aren't up for a vote. Your neighbors don't vote on it, your community doesn't vote on it. 
The Declaration of Independence talks about unalienable rights. They're called unalienable rights. God-given, natural, unalienable rights. People don't get to vote on it. He says at some point today, as he has before, that your greatest right is the right to vote. No, your greatest right is the right to live free. That's your greatest right. They are voting in totalitarian regimes. They're shams. And that's exactly what the Democrats want to do. They want to set up a system. Well, yeah, you'll vote, but you can never win. You can never win. They want California for the whole country. Moreover, they're going to violate that Constitution of ours, which they always do and want to do. Doesn't give the federal government this power. There would be no Constitution. There'd be no United States if what Biden and the Democrats and the media are pushing were in the proposed Constitution to begin with. The reason why election systems were, for the most part, left to the states is because the states insisted on it. They created the federal government, the national government. They'd be damned if they were going to confer that kind of power on it, and they didn't. Go ahead. Party should rule in the United States Senate. I make this announcement with careful deliberation. If the majority should rule in the United States Senate, why did your late great hero Harry Reid and you and the Cape Cod Orca, Ted Kennedy, and all the rest of you use the filibuster whenever you could to advance your agenda? Now he believes the majority should rule. The majority should rule. This is why they oppose the Electoral College, except when they win. Go ahead. Recognizing the fundamental right to vote is a right from which all other rights flow. No one's stopping anybody from voting. People are trying to stop other people from cheating. And cheating is an expertise that Biden is singularly proficient at. Whether it's college, whether it's law school, whether it's lying to the American people about all his degrees and his intelligence... It's about cheating. It's not the Voting Reform Act. It's the Voting Cheating Act for the Democrat Party. It's that simple. This is a great power grab. They say they don't like Putin. They behave like Putin. I'll be right back. Mark Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com. And enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L E V I N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Well, 
wasn't done. Cut 32, go. The violent mob of January 6, 2021, empowered and encouraged by a defeated former president. Ah, shut up, you idiot. How about the violent mob of 2020, empowered and encouraged by you and your ilk, and the damage they did? Now, look, you can't talk enough. You can't mumble enough. Go ahead. Sought to win through violence what he had what lost. What are you to- talking about? Sought to win through violence. Ladies and gentlemen, what was done to the building and the people breaking in and attacking the cops, I've said over and over and over, we don't tolerate that. They should be prosecuted. But nobody was going to change that election result. Not there and then. These people weren't armed. They weren't shooting anybody like the Puerto Rican separatists. They weren't blowing up anybody like the radical left wing of the Democrat Party and the weather underground. So what is he talking about? They create these scenarios, and the media go along with it. And so this is what they're going to push and push. So when people like me resist this, you know, oh, my God, right-wing talk radio. Somebody's got to shut them up. My God. They're completely out of control. So who's going to speak out against Biden? McConnell? No. This guy, John Thune, who's in line to replace McConnell, He's like a 6667 dummy. Just stands there like a mannequin. I'm so sick of all these rhinos, you have no idea. No, I, well, yes, actually you do. What was it the Boehner said? That he used to get along with Rush and Sean until I came along? (laughs) I don't know, pothead. Uh, I think they were very skeptical of you to begin with. You and your pot and your drink and the rest of it. Now he works for the pot industry. What is that group? I forget what it's called. Doesn't matter. He's irrelevant. I'll be right back. It's your daily adult dosage of the Constitution. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now at 877-381-3811. Senator Cruz was questioning Assistant Attorney General Matt Olson. These are all radicals. At a hearing today, why won't you target Black Lives Matter rioters and terrorists who firebombed our cities? Cut five, go! During 2020, Black Lives Matter and Antifa riots all across the country. There were over 700 police officers injured by Black Lives Matter and Antifa riots How many people have been charged with crimes of violence concerning those riots all across the country? I don't have information on how many. I I would say, you know, hundreds of people have been charged. You you would say, but but you don't know. You know, when we asked you why the Biden Department of Justice has such wildly disparate standards going after January 6th, targeting some people who committed crimes of violence and anyone who commits a crimes of, of violence should be prosecuted, but also targeting a lot of nonviolent individuals. We asked you, why is it that you won't target the rioters and terrorists who firebomb cities across this country? The answer we got from the Department of Justice was shameful. On October 22nd, you came back and said, quote, the department has dedicated investigative and prosecutorial resources commensurate with the significance of these events. 
By significance, I guess it means the political benefit to the Biden White House. And I will tell you, there are a great many Americans who are understandably deeply concerned about the politicization of the Department of Justice under President Joe Biden. It has been 218 days since we sent you that letter. DOJ refused to answer the letter today when Senator Lee and I asked you about it. Your answer to every damn question is, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. You're under oath. You may believe at the Department of Justice that you are unaccountable to the American people, but that is not the case. And the wildly disparate standards are unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Let's hope that clip's pay- played all over cable TV. Then he's questioning FBI Executive Assistant Director, National Security Branch, Jill Sanborn today. Cut six, go. How many FBI agents or confidential informants actively participated in the events of January 6th? Sir, I'm sure you can appreciate that I can't go into the specifics of sources and methods. uh, Did any FBI agents or or confidential informants informants actively participate in the events of January 6th? Yes or no? Yes or no? Sir, I can't, I can't answer that. Did any FBI agents any or confidential FBI informants commit crimes of violence on January 6th? 6th. I can't answer that, sir. Did any FBI agents any F- or FBI informants actively encourage and incite crimes of violence on January 6th? 6th. Sir, I can't answer that. Ms. Sadburn, Ms. who is Ray Epps? Epps. I'm aware of the individual, sir. Uh, I don't have the specific background to him. Well, there are a lot of well, people who are understandably very concerned, understandably about very concerned about Mr. Epps. On the night of January 5th, 2021, Epps wandered around the crowd that had gathered. And there's video out there of him chanting, tomorrow, we need to get into the Capitol, into the Capitol. This was strange behavior, so strange that the crowd began chanting, fed, 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 fed. Ms. Sandburn, was Ray Epps a Fed? Sir, I cannot answer that question. Well, she can, but she won't, because she's been ordered not to answer the question. Now, let me be very specific with you, because, again, I used to work at Justice. I used to be a chief of staff to an attorney general, Attorney General Edwin Meese. The FBI is part of the Department of Justice, among other things. So when... The FBI is not involved in something. It's very easy to say, no, the FBI was not involved. Because you're not giving up tactics. You're not giving up any information whatsoever. No, the FBI was not involved. No, the FBI was not involved in the... On four congressmen in 1954. No, the FBI was not involved in this side or the other. So if the FBI had not been involved on January 6th, she had to say is the FBI had no role in that and the director of the FBI said that about events in the past but they won't say it about this one because I can almost guarantee you I don't have access but I can almost guarantee you the FBI had individuals laced throughout if you believe that Trump and Trump supporters are violent if you believe they're as your leadership has said all those years from the director to the deputy director to various others, the general counsel of the FBI, if you were involved in trying to thwart the election of Donald Trump then trying to thwart his presidency, and there he is at a rally 
about counting the vote, protesting what place? You think the FBI is going to ignore that? You think the FBI is going to play dumb, play dead? Of course not. Again, I can almost guarantee the FBI was there, one form or another. In one form or another. Now, she knew she was going to be asked about Ray Epps, so she says, oh, with a person, I don't have the specific background on him. How come? That would take 15 minutes over there at the FBI. How come? Let me suggest to you whether it's Ray Epps or somebody else, or several other people, they continue this narrative. And they are protected by the Biden administration and the Democrats in Congress. And let us hope that we win a majority in one or both bodies. I do not believe the United Senate is capable of getting to the bottom of these things, given the fact that McConnell and Thune and, and their elk run the Republican and do a very, very poor job of it. But the House, this is where the action is and where the action needs to be. This is where the action is and the action needs to be, and this is why it's so important. A very close eye on what's happening on these gerrymandering actions that the Democrats have already picked up six seats through gerrymandering. And I guess I'm the only one who keeps bringing this up. At some point, the backbenchers will start parroting this. It just takes them a little longer, but they need to get involved in this. Because that's what's going on. That is what's going on. By hook or by crook. They talk democracy when they want to thwart it. You got people like Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer was on the floor of the Senate last week talking about Robert Byrd, favorite Frank Legal. There have been many, but he's their favorite. He was their leader in the Senate for many years, later become their chairman of the Appropriations Committee. And here's what Schumer said last week. Cut 11, go. This asymmetry cannot hold. If Senate Republicans continue to abuse the filibuster to prevent this body from acting, then the Senate must adapt. The Senate always has. Robert C. Byrd, one of this chamber's great traditionalists, acknowledged that Senate rules that seemed appropriate in the past... By the way, you notice, you notice how they give Byrd a pass because he's one of theirs. One of the great traditionalists. Mm-hmm. Well, he was that, but he was more than that. But forget about all that. No, no, no. Forget about Biden and his background. Forget about the whole background of the Democrat Party. Pull the mops down, the statue hall. Pull them down. Move the portraits. Burn the books. Do this, do that. But never, ever speak poorly of the Democrat Party. Or it's great members like Robert Byrd. Go ahead. Must be changed to reflect changed circumstances. And boy, oh boy, do we have changed circumstances now. Boy, oh boy. With this abandonment of voting rights by the Republican Party. Nobody's abandoning voting rights, you jerk. You moron. Abandoning voting rights by the Republican Party. The big lie. Look how they just keep repeating these things. January. Six, abandoning voting rights by the Republican Party. How Trump led an insurrection. They just say whatever they want. Because they know. They know that the media could give a damn. The media is going to regurgitate this. They know, in fact, the media say the same thing. Now, what did Robert Byrd say in March 2005? Did Robert say what Chuck Schumer said he said? 
Cut 12, go. Their claims are false, utterly false. Proponents of the so-called nuclear option cite several instances in which they inaccurately allege that I blazed a procedural path toward an inappropriate change in Senate rules. They're dead wrong. Dead wrong. They draw analogies where none exist and create cockeyed comparisons that fail to withstand even the slightest intellectual scrutiny. Mm. There's Robert Byrd, 2005, Chuck Schumer of 2022, because Chuck is a serial, disgusting liar. He'll say and do anything for power. Look at the guy. Look at this up, hunched over piece of uh, guy. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Uh, did the FBI have any uh, people there? Uh, was the FBI involved in any violence? I can't answer that. Uh, was the FBI uh, within three miles of the place? I can't answer that. Hmm. Was the FBI dressed up as... Can't answer that. Can't answer that. You know, we'd be giving up uh, tactics and strategies. Now, if the FBI wasn't there, he would say, no, we weren't there. What do you do with this? Nothing whatsoever. They are free to say that. Free to say that. But they can't. Because they were there. The question is, how many and what were they doing? How many and what were they doing? Well, we can't answer that. Why? Because then we'll reveal information that will undermine the whole anniversary of January 6th. You know, it's just like this guy at the Department of Education. Were you involved in the letter? Of course not. It's in an email that you were. Well, you're going to believe your lying eyes or me? Oh, I see. Or Joe Biden up there today talking about how, again, he was in the Civil Rights Movement. Joe Biden was never in the Civil Rights Movement. 
Joe Biden was an idiot his entire life. I mean, something's wrong with the system, I must confess. When a guy like that can be elected to the Senate times, then elected vice president, then he's in the presidency with the great support of his party, the media, and the other reprobates. There's something wrong with the system. They always want to fix the system. Well, I want to fix the system. Maybe we ought to propose a voting system, Mr. Producer, in America. The Republicans can win. Now, we have our Voting Reform Act. And maybe we ought to have a tax system where, where only people who support Republicans get tax breaks. We can do what the Democrats Rather than always have a department that serves their base. The Department of this and the Department of that that hands out grants and issues regulations against the private sector. Maybe we should have a department of, you ready for this one, Mr. Producer? Free market capitalism. That is populated by people who believe in economic and personal liberty. And all they do is push for policies and regulations against the rest of the bureaucracy. We give them all kinds of rights and powers and enshrine them in our government. Maybe we should like they do, except our way. My way. You know that song, Mr. Produce? Yes, Frank Sinatra. Uh, Didn't I sound a little like Frank Sinatra? Thank you. More like Nancy Sinatra. She's still around? She turned into a big, by the way. Hello. This show's going way too fast. I've got way too much to discuss. Next hour, uh, Dr. Fauci, we're going to do the Fauci and the CDC and a bunch because it turns out we've been right all along and they've been wrong all along. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure all of them will get a bonus as, as well. And, you know, to quote the late, great Joe Biden, um, excuse me, to quote the late, great Joe Biden, I don't know what else we can do. I don't know what else the federal government do. We were late on lists. We should have seen Omicron come. This is him now. During the election, Trump. Trump's responsible for everybody's death. Trump's an incompetent. Trump this, Trump that. Now, I don't know what else I can do. Schmuck 2.0. What do you think of that one? Schmuck 2.0. Who is Schmuck 1.0? Barack Milhouse Obama. I'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. We will get the calls, hopefully. 887-3811. Well, Fauci's in the news, and why should He's a one-man pandemic in many ways. The man he works for is a pandemic. Pandemic of political decisions. The politicization of science. You know, a good scientist 
You don't know something they tell you. That's not what Fauci does. He knows everything, and yet he knows almost nothing. Now, I was attacked, of course, as usual, when I was starting to raise questions about the death toll under the coronavirus. I took the virus seriously. I always have. I've got vaccinated. I got boosted. I got the virus. I got the monoclonal. Got the hand stuff and the and the mask and the this and the that. So for the for the American Marxists and the media, it's not good enough. You got to toe the line no matter what. Toe the line because they're American Marxists after all. Toe the line behind their favorite government, any government that's run by a Democrat. Toe the line behind their long-known bureaucrats. Wouldn't you love to see the text messages and emails between this country and the Fauci? And the Fauci, wouldn't you love to see it? Oh, yes, yes, yes. And I'm going to get to the Washington Post in a moment. But they had their friends at Media Matters, a nonprofit organization that long ago um, should have been prosecuted, in my personal view. It's my view. Uh, for what it does with the tax code. It's clear who they are and what they are, what funds them and so forth. But, you know, we have two tiers of justice, so that's the way it goes. And uh, I also raised questions about their message. I don't understand. You talk about getting the vaccine, and then you talk about people can still get sick, and just because of the vaccine, you got to make sure other people get the vaccine, and so I raised rational questions about it. For instance, July 29, 2021. July 29, 2021. And these are more recent. Cut 34, go. Anybody out there understand the Biden administration's position on masks and vaccinations? I mean, truly. Does anybody comprehend what's going on here? And there are experts who used to work in the government and experts who don't work in the government. They don't understand what's going on here. And many of them are saying, can we see the data that you're using, please? Can we see your data on the Delta variant and what it is that is driving you with these really confusing dictates? Have you ever seen anything like this? The CDC has no data. They won't release it because there isn't any. Well, I thought this is based on science. Now, people raising questions, forget about me, people raising questions, they're called morons. We have professionals, experts, scientists, medical doctors raising questions. Look, you do what you want. I got vaccinated as fast as I could, and I'm glad I did. There are people with maladies that can't. I got that. But here's my problem. What Biden and his administration are doing, and what the new head of the CDC and the others are doing, is they're discouraging people from being vaccinated, in essence, because they're saying, even if you're vaccinated, you're not fully protected and you need to wear a mask. So if people are already cynical or hesitant, or have an ideological issue with this, you just gave them a reason not to do it. The incompetence, incoherence of this administration is second to none. Which I guess is understandable since it is the Biden administration. Now let's start, walk through this logically, reasonably. No politics, no ideology, let's just try and figure this out. 
Here's Biden at the White House today. Cut 18, go. The CDC recommends you wear a mask when you're in public and indoors, like work or in a grocery store. That's true for both the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. Why? Because even if you've been fully vaccinated and protected from severe illness from COVID-19, you could have the Delta variant in your system and spread it to someone who isn't vaccinated. Now, let's stop there a minute. So now the vaccinated could be the carriers of the Delta variant. And as carriers of the Delta variant, you could spread it to someone who's not vaccinated. Now, I'll tell you why this makes no sense to me. If you are vaccinated and you get the Delta variant, then theoretically, I guess, even the vaccinated will get the Delta variant. Right, Mr. Producer? So what's the point of being vaccinated? Now, I'm not arguing against vaccination. What I'm arguing is they make no sense because they're not using data. This isn't a data-based argument. This is illogical. This is not a data-based argument. This is a group of people sitting around, struggling, trying to come up with ideas, and their idea is, let us justify that everyone has to wear a mask, even the vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now, even some of these phony news organizations are seeing the light. It's hard to deny it. It's hard to deny it. Rand Paul and Fauci went at it today. Fauci is a narcissist and he's obnoxious. And he's also untruthful in my view. Some of it. Cut 18, go. In an email exchange with Dr. Collins, you conspire, and I quote here directly from the email, to create a quick and devastating published takedown of three prominent epidemiologists from Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. Apparently, there's a lot of fringe epidemiologists at Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. And you quote in the email that they were from Dr. Collins, and you, you agree that they are fringe. And immediately, there's this takedown effort. A published takedown, though, you know, doesn't exactly conjure up the image of a dispassionate scientist. Instead of engaging them on the merits, you and Dr. Collins sought to smear them as fringe and take them down, and not in journals, in lay press. This is not only antithetical to the scientific method, it's the epitome of cheap politics, and it's reprehensible, Dr. Fauci. Do you really think it's appropriate to use your $420,000 salary to attack scientists that disagree with you? The email you're referring to was an email of Dr. Collins to me. If you look at the email that you responded to and hurried up and said, I can do it. I can do it. We got something in wire. No, no, no. I think in usual fashion, Senator, you are distorting everything about me. Did you ever object to Dr. Collins's characterization of them as fringe? Did you write back to Dr. Collins and say, no, they're not fringe, they're esteemed scientists, and it would be beneath me I, I did to not do that? Be... You responded to him that you would do it, and you immediately got an article yeah, you, in Wired, you, you, and you sent it back to him and said, hey, look, I've got them. I nailed them in Wired of all scientific publications. That's not publications. what went on. You there you go again. That you just do the same thing every year. That was your response. And so, this, wasn't, so, this wasn't the only time. So your desire to take you're down people incorrect as usual, Senator. You no. are incorrect. Almost everything. Well, said. no, you deny. You deny. But the emails tell the truth of this. No. Cut 19. Senator, we are here at a committee to look at 
a, a virus now that has killed almost 900,000 people. And the purpose of the committee was to try and get things out, how we can help to get the American public. And you keep coming back to personal attacks on me that have absolutely no relevance to reality. Do you think anybody has had more influence let, over let our response finish. to this than you have? Do you Madam think it's a great Chair, success? Do you think it's a great success what's happened so far? Do you think you, lockdowns are good for our kids? Do you think we slowed down the death rate? More people have died now under President Biden than did under President Trump. You are the one responsible. You are the architect. You are the lead architect for the response from the government. And now 800,000 people have died. Right. So you think it's a uh, winning success what you've advocated for government? Um, Senator, first of all, <clears throat> if you look at everything that I said, you accuse me of in a monolithic way telling people what they need to do. Everything that I've said has been in support of the CDC guidelines. Wear a mask, get boosted. And you've advocated to make it coercive take, and take done look at everything you've advocated that I've said. it to be done by mandate. Right. You've advocated that your infallible opinion be dictated by law. Right. So, again, Madam Chair, I would like just a couple of minutes because right. this, this happens all the time. You personally attack me and with absolutely not a shred of evidence of anything you say. Well, we know about gain of function. We know you've been extremely misleading about that, if not flat-out lying. Then you turn to semantics. It depends what you mean by gain of function. I mean, you're the ones that gave out the grant. And it's like pulling teeth to get information out of Fauci and his group. Like pulling teeth. And so when you have a senator who's effective and aggressive trying to get the information out, it's personal attacks. Really? Personal attacks, those two words are the definition of the Democrat Party and the media in this country. Personal attacks. He doesn't know what personal attacks are. Okay, let's do one more. Cut 20, go. Has he done a good job? You know, I think given the circumstances that we're in right now, I believe he's done a very good job. He's talking about Biden. Biden's done a very good job. Go ahead. This is an extraordinary virus the likes of which we have not seen even close to in well over 100 years. It is a very wily virus. It has fooled everybody all the time, from the time it first came in to Delta to now Omicron. Very unpredictable, and we're doing the best we possibly can. Well, you're very forgiving of Joe Biden, who came into office with vaccines and therapeutics not developed under his presidency. And developed in spite of Fauci, because Trump had to push hard, particularly at the FDA. And I don't remember all of this, this kind of love talk when it came to Trump and all the things he was doing and trying to do. And this disaster came out of China, of course, and it hit, it hit during the Trump administration first. And there's Biden going on that every death Trump's responsible for, and he didn't respond properly, and... He politicized this, did Biden, and in many respects, so did Fauci, and of course, the media. They even politicized the vaccines. Then they wonder, what's going on here? Even today, they trash the people who aren't vaccinated. Who are those people? Well, there's a significant percentage of the people in the inner city, in the minority community, but they don't say that. They're not going to say that. They want you to think it's all Trump people. It's a lot of people. Brett Baer had Rochelle Walensky on Fox News Sunday. 
He asked how many deaths are from COVID, not just with COVID. Cut 23, go. Speaking of statistics, uh, it seems to make a big difference if a person in the hospital is in the hospital for COVID-19 or with COVID-19. It's been almost a year since you've been running the agency. Do we have that split on numbers? And let me stop there. I have been saying this since the beginning. Because the definition in the original guidelines the CDC gave out were ambiguous. Remember this, Mr. Producer? I won't bother the audience with that go back and play it stuff, but... And I was trash like hell. I was the first one out of the box to say, something is not right here. You have this definition that includes people who've died from maladies that they already had, even though they also had COVID. And that the CDC is not bifurcating this. It's not, making a dis- it's, it's not distinguishing them. And so the numbers can't be right. Go ahead. You know, what I will say is it differs by each variant. So um, some variants, first of all, we're doing screening of many uh, um, in many hospitals of everybody who's walking in the door. Um, What we're seeing with the Omicron variant is that um, it tends to be milder person by person. But given how large the numbers are, that we're seeing more and more cases come into the hospital. In some hospitals that we've talked to, up to 40 percent of the patients who are coming in with COVID are coming in not because they're sick, with COVID, but because they're coming in with something else and have uh, had to COVID or the Omicron variant detected. Right. But I guess, do you know how many of the 836,000 deaths in the U.S. linked to COVID are from COVID or how many are with COVID, but they had other comorbidities? Do you have that breakdown? Um, yes, of course. With Omicron, we're following that very carefully. Our death registry, of course, um, takes a few weeks to and is, uh, takes a few weeks to collect. Um, and of course, Omicron has just been with us for a few weeks, but those data will be forthcoming. Yes, but the coronavirus has been with us now for a few years. And he pointed out that bear that there are eight hundred and thirty-six thousand deaths, the vast majority of which are not from Omicron, because Omicron is not that deadly. And she didn't answer his question. It's something I've been pointing out for a long time. How many deaths are the result of something else? And how many deaths are the result of COVID? And they won't tell you. You can go on their website. They won't tell you. Their definitions have been ambiguous. They will not tell you. So why won't they tell us? Because they used to run these charts. They used to give out the information. How many people have died from COVID? And then when you ask the secondary question, which really should be the primary question, well, how many did die from COVID? And how many died from a heart attack who had COVID? Or how many died from cancer who had COVID? Again, something we've been asking here for the longest time. You can't get an answer. You can't get a straight answer. It's like, how many people have the natural immunity? Because they've gotten COVID. How many? You can't get an answer. And yet it seems to me these are essential scientific questions that need to be answered, right? We have these massive bureaucracies that spend tens of billions of dollars a year and they don't keep the data? Now when we come back, Mo Brooks, who's running for the Republican nomination in the Senate in Alabama, has said something that I've come to believe that I've come to believe. I don't have any evidence, but I really believe it. And you'll see when we return. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. the middle of just looking something up um let's see here give me a second uh yeah 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 didn't we do stories years ago mr producer on PETA killing dogs in virginia remember that don't you remember that I'm trying to find it now you want to find that for me just Google that, or duck duck it, if you would. <clears throat> Hardly a group to talk about animals. PETA is a really disgraceful group. And that's um, one of the reasons we don't have the circus anymore. You know, the elephants were treated so beautifully by Barnum and Bailey Circus. They even had a, and do now, a reserve for them to protect them and take care of them. They have these lifelong relationships with the men and women who care for them. They love these these elephants, they love these animals like no one else. Like no one else. And uh, Peter kept trying to make the case that they were being abused and so forth, and they were not being abused. I mean, after all, they needed the elephants for the circus. It's not easy to get an elephant for the circus. Why would they abuse the elephants? Um, and there was a story I'm, I'm, I'm going to find it about what they were doing the dogs in Virginia as I recall and I think we had one of their people on my show didn't we Mr. Producer I, I believe I reamed the hell out of them something that I'd affect or maybe I'm Joe Biden I'm projecting I'll be right back AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. 
That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Liberty's Voice. Mark Levin. Talk with that voice now. 877-381-3811. So, uh... HumaneWatch.org says it keeps a watchful eye on animal rights movement. I had their executive director, I believe, on in 2011 to talk about some of this. And I'm looking at their site now, February 13, 2020. Virginia's Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services has published statistics of animal shelter records for 2019. And the numbers for people for the ethical treatment of animals, PETA, are shocking. According to the report... They write, PETA killed 1,593 dogs, cats, and other pets last year, a repulsive 66% kill rate. Of the 2,380 pets the organization took in, only 32 were adopted out. Several hundred other pets were sent to other facilities. Since 1998, PETA has killed over, they write, 40,000 cats, dogs, and other animals in Virginia. In comparison, other private animal shelters are doing much better when it comes to finding homes for animals. Official records show private animal shelters in Virginia at a euthanasia rate of just 5% and an adoption rate of 73% last year. And they write, Peter was ultimately responsible for 72% of the dogs and cats killed in Virginia's 45 private shelters. And they have links. Ledger of Peter's official body count can be found here. And they go on. PETA has a history of unethical behavior when it comes to their, quote, angel of death, unquote, shelter program. In 2014, it dognapped a healthy chihuahua off its owner's property, and it goes on. So if you want to read about it, you can go to humanewatch.org slash PETA, humanewatch.org slash PETA, and you can research this for yourselves to determine the authenticity of it. But I found the group in the past to be very thorough, looking at other reports. Uh, as opposed to just making up these numbers. So that doesn't sound like the ethical treatment of animals to me. Not in the least. Mo Brooks. I like Mo Brooks a lot. I endorsed him for the Senate in the state of Alabama. By the way, I'm sorry, University of Alabama, roll tide, lost to Georgia. I have a fancy for the University of Alabama. My daughter went there part-time. Not part-time. I went there part of her time uh, before she wound up at George Mason. But uh, I like that team a lot. But I have to say in the fourth quarter, Georgia just killed them. It's that simple. Uh, Mo Brooks. Mo Brooks on Fox News Sunday. Cut 24 go. This is a bioweapon that was created in the Wuhan Bioweapons Lab of the Communist Chinese Party in conjunction with the People's Liberation Army. It's going to be around for a long time, and we have to learn to deal with it. We cannot shut ourselves up, which is one of the policies that unfortunately has done so much damage to our economy at the instance of Democrat governors, mayors, and to some degree, President Joe Biden. That isn't going to work. I, I have to clarify one comment you made there that the uh, coronavirus is a bioweapon. I mean, we have not 
uh, seen any proof of that, although I there have certainly been investigations into whether that's no, no. a possibility. I've, I have seen enough information, some of it classified, some of it not, some of it consisting of a private meeting with someone who worked in that program in communist China, who was a part of their bioweapons program telling us what was transpiring. It is a bioweapon. It is man-made. And it was man-made at the Wuhan Bioweapons Lab. Now, can I say that with 100% certainty? No. But I can say that with a high, 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 high degree of confidence, and that's my belief. And ladies and gentlemen, I've come to that belief as well. And I think that's why the Chinese are hiding this. I think that's why the surrogates in this country that are bought and paid for defend communist China. I believe it as well. Now, what they'll tell you is you don't have evidence for that. When you say, well, it's my belief, but you don't have evidence. When you actually try to get evidence, obviously the communist Chinese will not allow you to get the evidence. Nor will the World Health Organization. I don't think this was a mistake. I don't think something escaped from the lab. Because people were just earnestly trying to figure out how to get in front of viruses that they themselves have concocted and created. And why would we put it past communist China? Why would we put it past communist China to be working on uh, bioweapons? They're a genocidal regime that have no respect for humanity. And yet these same people in our country hate America more than they're suspicious of communist China. So I do think I've thought about it enough. I do think it was, they were creating a bioweapon. And it did get out of control or escape. And I think this is a massive cover-up. This is just my opinion. And as for evidence, I'm more than happy to look for it and find it, but there's just something, it's just too weird. Just too weird. I mean, in the media, we can't rely on them to dig into this. So many of them are bought and paid for through junkets and so forth, but even more than that, they're the ones that spread the lie about the the animal to uh, or monkeys or whatever they were to human transfer, which has been utterly debunked. They're not the ones that dug into the Wuhan lab. Others had to do that. So the media in America are corrupt. They're absolutely corrupt. It really doesn't matter what they think or what they have to say, as far as I'm concerned. I wanted to address something else here. Do I owe you a sponsor, Mr. Producer? I will get to that. There's a piece, I guess it was uh, today maybe, in the Washington Compost in the morning by Ashley Parker and Josh Dawsey. Trump's cable cabinet. New texts reveal the influence of Fox hosts on previous White House. Now, first of all, This underscores what this committee and the media are doing. This has nothing to do with getting to the bottom of anything. They believe they can have a treasure trove of texts and emails and other information through the back door to attack Fox, to attack certain hosts, which they wouldn't normally get because of protections under the First Amendment. That committee is the government. It's part of Congress. New York Times is more than happy to provide this information, so is the Washington Post. So if anybody has any texts or information related to the Washington Post or New York Times from any reporters, I'd be happy to have it and release those too. War is war. 
But you read through this, you read about Sean and Kilmeade and Ingram and a little bit about Tucker and this one and that one. Uh, and I'm getting most of this through the back door, through the Meadows texts. Obviously, the committee is leaking it to the Washington Compost, the Axios, the New York Slimes, really to try and smear people with an agenda. And they're not smearing anybody. People spoke to Trump. They gave him their advice, vice versa. New York Post, excuse me, uh, Washington Post, New York Times do that with Obama and Biden, all those people, all the time. All the time. They work with committee staff all the time. They work with members of Congress all the time. So it is really an irony that they write a piece like, oh, my God, these opinion hosts were actually talking to the president and vice versa. Yeah, that's true. Then we get to this paragraph. Alyssa Farah, a former White House communication director, said the foremost influential Fox hosts were Dobbs, Hannity, Ingram, and Pirro. And in the final year of the Trump administration, Hannity was the most influential. Other former administration officials also mentioned Mark Levin, another Fox host, Maria Bartiroma, a Fox business host. There's two other network stars in regular touch with the White House. From the point of view of the staff, Farah said, the goal was simply to try to get ahead of what advice you thought he was going to be given by these people because their unofficial counsel could completely change his mind on something. Was I in touch with the president in the White House all the time, Rich? No, I don't think so. If I had an opinion on something that I thought was very, very important, I would contact the White House. If the president or others had an opinion on something they thought was important, sometimes they would contact me. Nothing scurrilous about it. Nothing secretive about it. No conspiracy towards an insurrection. I don't even believe we ever discussed January 6th. I don't know. But here's the thing. Who cares? Why does this matter? How is it that that we get all these texts when it applies to Trump. We don't get anything when it applies to Obama. We don't get anything when it applies to Biden. Isn't that amazing? Trump has his tax returns leaked. Ever heard of such a thing? Now we have texts and we have emails. The man's an ex-president. He's thinking about running again. And this is what's driving them nuts. So just the story itself is not possible without members of this committee, Mr. Producer, in America, working with the press. Correct? And doing what? Providing information and their opinions to Ashley Parker and Josh Dawsey and the Washington Post and Axios and the New York Times and other news entities. Doing exactly what they accuse others of doing. No? No? The difference is the people they name in this article didn't leak. They are. Because they own the media. But you notice the irony, the, the, the stupidity of these people. They write this long piece about Fox hosts talking to the president. I mean, while they're talking to members of this committee, which are supposed to be in the middle of, a, of an investigation, mouthpieces for this committee, just as they were mouthpieces for the FBI, the Hillary campaign, Perkins Coy, Mark Elias, Obama, Biden, and all the rest. It's hilarious. The very article they write, they're doing what they accuse other people of. 
So maybe they'll release their texts. If I'm wrong, Ashley and Josh, may I call you Ashley and Josh? I think I will. Just release the information voluntarily. So we can take a look and judge how you judge others. Very creepy people. Very, very creepy. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. I hope you liked Sunday's program on uh, Life, Liberty, and Levin a couple days back. Did it out of our Florida studio, which I'll be using more often. I hope you liked the monologue. It's something I've been saying in many respects on radio for some time, the real insurrection. You're starting to see that in writing and expressed by other people now, too. Part of what I do on this program is I try and blaze a path so other people are more comfortable talking about these subjects and I think we succeed in many ways to do that so uh, I wanted to briefly mention Bob Saget I didn't know Bob Saget we were pretty close in age but I grew up mostly in a township called Cheltenham Township Pennsylvania outside of Philly right outside of Philly and the township just north of us is a township called Abington And there used to be, you know, a real uh, battle between the two in sports, particularly basketball and that sort of thing. And that's where Bob Saget grew up in Abington. I went to Temple University, even though I was accepted in a variety of Ivy League schools and so forth. That's what we could afford, and it was fine by me. And that's where Bob Saget went to college, Temple University. Apparently when he graduated, he headed off to L.A. He always wanted to be in entertainment. But more than that, when my daughter, Lauren, was a year old, two years old, Full House was our favorite show. It was my favorite show. We just loved the hell out of it. And we'd often lie on the bed. I'd put her up on my legs to watch the TV channel. We all gathered around to watch it. It was just a wholesome, funny, good show. And back then, for a very short period of time, we lived, I guess, about 40, 50 miles south of San Francisco. 
in a place called Sunnyvale, which I liked very much, on a street called Waxwing. I don't remember the address, in a very modest home. But it was a wonderful time. We were there a year or two, no, about a year. It was wonderful. It just got way too expensive. And there were other things I wanted to do. But it was fantastic. You've heard me talk about Stan's Donuts in the past. That was in Santa Clara off of Lawrence Expressway. I would wait in line there on the weekends, but I'd also sneak off there in the mornings off to work. I just loved their donuts, their glazed donuts, their chocolate ice donuts. Even today, I can taste them, and I haven't had them in decades. Wonderful, wonderful people owned it and ran it. Have since, as I understand, the parents have passed away. They were just always very kind to me. And I was a nobody. Just a working stiff. But all that said, and we were there for that earthquake, the 6.1 or 6.6, whatever. But we're going to miss Bob Saget. My daughter told me about his passing. I don't think my son ever saw it, but maybe he did. Maybe he was born in time. Uh, But we're going to miss him and miss it. uh, Because it was a very wholesome period of time, and it was a very wonderful program. Not with all the different sex things and all the propaganda and all the rest of the stuff that you find on a box of Fruit Loops today. So we wish him and his fa- well, we wish his family all the all the best in our prayers. And there are others who passed away that I haven't had time to discuss either. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. God bless you all. Stay healthy and stay well. And I will see you tomorrow.